Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Computers are great. They're sleek and they can do all sorts of things. But don't fool yourself. Typing on a computer is not proper typing. For that, you need a typewriter. According to Leo Malloy, the typewriter is making something of a comeback. Leo runs VintageTypewriters.ie. Leo, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, And so where... uh, where do you, like, you run a repair shop and you also kind of sell them to people? Is it, would that be the case? I repair them and I, and I do sell them. It's a, it's a relatively new thing, so I work out of my home. Yeah. And I um, don't have an online shop as such, but I repair typewriters and I, uh, I do sell them now. It's a relatively new business. Yeah. As a business venture. It's, yeah. been a, it's been a passionate hobby of mine for years. Yeah. No, you do have a website, but on the bit that says buy a typewriter, it says give me a call instead. Yeah. So that's, yeah. you know, a bit of a cheat, but nonetheless, it's... O- online it's, uh... shopping's a bit impersonal, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Some people like it for that reason, of course. I you have now, Leo's brought in two typewriters in front of him, both of them uh, portable. Actually, start with the one on, on your right, because I suppose that's a new model of, of a portable typewriter. What yeah, one is that? I, I bought in here an Olivetti Lettera 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was designed in 1950 by uh, Italian architect Marcella Nizzoli. This would have been Leonard Cohn's weapon of choice for his early career. Mm. Um, it's won many awards in terms of design, but it, uh, to me it symbolises a shift in typewriter design and, and manufacture mid-century after, yeah. after World War II yeah, pre World War Two, they all looked kind of like this. Now that's the, that's the one on your left. Now it's it's hard to describe because it almost looks like a deconstructed typewriter to a certain extent. But that's it to make it, it as portable little, it as possible. It looks a little steampunk. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that that's a Corona Three, and um, like I said, pre War typewriters. If you say antique typewriter to someone, that's probably what they, comes to mind. Something yeah. with round keys, mm. with little silver rings, black. You see them in pub windows. Yeah. You know, decorating and, and things. And what's interesting, like the top of the typewriter folds down into On it. On the Corona so 3, yeah. yeah, the typewriter folds, it folds in half. I know this isn't perfect for radio, yeah. but to, to demonstrate that. Yeah. So it, that it, is a it's a little bit curve. like the original laptop, so to speak. Yeah. And, and that's 1920s. This is 1920. Yeah. And you reckon Ernest yeah. Hemingway would have used that typewriter? Well, he received a Corona 3 from his first wife as a gift. And it was what he used in Paris. So it's very likely he typed a lot of his early works on not this typewriter. Of course, yeah. I think it's a bit lost to history. <laughs> <laughs> he probably threw it out a window at some point. Or at yeah, somebody. at someone. Yeah. Uh, but it would have been a typewriter yeah. this style. The, the keys on that, uh, on that typewriter seem rather low uh, or lower than you'd normally. Why, why is that? I think the low profile there accommodates the, the carriage. Yes, I see. Over right. It. All right. That's, that, that's very clever. Now, yeah. now, now, restoring these typewriters... Like, because the, the, the Olivetti there looks like it just came out of a shop. I, I, like, describe the process. To where do you find the parts? And, and how well, did you develop the know-how to do this? Just over time. You know, it, it, you know, it's a very passionate hobby. You know, it's something that I've done for years. And it's a skill that's not really taught. Obviously not taught mm. anymore. It's just something learned over time. Um, there's a network of, of enthusiasts in the typosphere uh, you know, around the internet through Facebook pages and different member groups that I'm on. Um, but also a lot of it's just trial and error. Parts is another story. Unfortunately, some some typewriters are, are destined to never be repaired because there's some, something irreparable. Mm, yeah. Uh, which I fundamentally, my answer to everyone is anything can be fixed. Yeah. It just takes 
depends oh, on time and money. Yeah. <laughs> but presumably, but, yeah, there's a long like, search sometimes to, to find those parts. Yeah, well, it would be a parts machine, something that I find irre- irreparable that mm. I can use for donor parts yeah. to repair other machines. Uh, but of course, the, the different uh, models you can't, or can you? Can you switch? You can't interchange, yeah, but yeah. like this, this would be quite a popular model. And I know that if I have a parts machine for that, it, it will be used because I always keep an eye out for letter of 22s. Yeah. And I keep an eye out for certain models because I, I know they're popular with, with people. And I know that uh, if I have a spare parts machine, it's always a handy thing yeah. to have. Where do you get the ribbons from? Does anyone make ribbons anymore? They do. They do. Uh, I buy it in bulk and I re-spool them for, for put them on the different spools because most typewriters have their own individual actual spool that the ribbon goes on. Yes. There's a universal one that matches most typewriters, but say Olivetti, you need to use their spools and certain Royals and Underwoods, you need to use specific spools. So I'll mm. buy it in a big bulk reel, 600 metres. All oh, right, and stick it onto, it onto the onto, Yeah, and, yeah. and, and where, where's, the, where's the typewriter ribbon made these days? Uh, made in the USA. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's some in China, there's varying qualities, you know. Mm. The, the most common is a nylon ribbon. Um, you can get a lot of that made in China, made in Taiwan. There's some European manufacturers. The manufacturer that I use is made in the UK, uh, in the United States for nylon and cotton. Mm. How many typewriters do you have? My personal collection, I try and keep limited. <laughs> <laughs> is there any domestic pressure involved in that one? <laughs> I have a very, very understanding one. <laughs> this is actually her typewriter. <laughs> right. OK. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I keep it. To, I try and keep my personal collection to under 20. OK. That's uh, um, and for it, like, do you use them? I do. I would use them. I, I type uh, every day. Normally, I type. Mm. What you know, sometimes you type? it's just my my shopping list. Yeah. Sometimes it's just some thoughts. Sometimes uh, because I spend more time working on typewriters in the in this recent past um, and less time writing. You know, sometimes it's just test typing. So I'll, I'll after I finish a typewriter, I'll type on it for a half hour. To forty-five minutes, constant typing, t- typing just to make sure that there's no nothing wrong with it. Mm. So I might be listening to your show, for instance, and just typing on type what people are saying and try and keep up, yeah. or type song lyrics, and then I, I do a little bit of writing. You know, nothing that will ever be published, but I write. I yeah. write correspondence, letters to people, thank you cards, Christmas cards coming up soon. It's because it's, it's like I learned to type on a typewriter, and the, the experience of typing on a typewriter is completely different to this kind of it pa- is you, pallid kind of patter that you hear when people are tapping computers. Yeah, typing is like there's some proper very, typing. There's something, yeah, very deliberate and satisfying about yeah. that sound, and and it and. That space, the bell. yes, the bell, yeah, and and like hit and like hitting that space bar took me years when computers came in. To, I would keep swiping, Not trying to hit the side of the, the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even now, I'm the loudest typer in in Ustar. People wonder why I'm assaulting the table so so, so vigorously. They, they, yeah. and, and have you found that there is an an increased interest in them? I think there is. I think it's it's. I think you could lump it into an increased interest in analog. In general, mm. uh, vinyl records are, are becoming more and more popular. Uh, the, the film photography, uh, the slow move, the slow food movement is yeah. something I compare it to. Yeah, you know, cause and, and you, like you actually had a long career in 
the food industry and running restaurants. I and was that kind of in stuff. bars, nightclubs, restaurants for well since I was eighteen years old for yeah. thirty five years up until last year. Yeah, and what yeah. happened last year? Last year I had a brain hemorrhage and that was pretty serious. And just when something like that happens, you you kind of reflect on what's important. You know, some mm. changes needed to be made, and and uh, one of the changes was take stress out of my lifestyle. Pretty much, yeah. And, and and I always said to my my very supportive wife that if I can make half as much money working on typewriters as I did working in the restaurants, you know, that yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? And yeah. when that happened, she said, "Well, maybe this is the time to take stock and yeah. do that." And are you making half as much money as you used to make in restaurants? Well, I hope so. <laughs> as a business, this is a new thing. Okay, uh, obviously a new thing. How, like, and but actually, because it's. Um, I've actually looked at, like, I have a typewriter at home. It's like an old royal typewriter that was, when I looked them up, apparently they came over to Europe with US armed forces during the Second World War and then they left them behind. So I was kind of imagine. I'd like to see that. Um, yeah, it's a big, big, like, oh, you is could, it a, a desktop as it's opposed a desktop, to a portable? Oh, no, yeah, it's a massive thing. You could, you know, like, if someone ever breaks into my house, like, I'll kill them stone dead for that thing. <laughs> no problem with that. I just won't be able to lift it over my head uh, uh, to commit the fatal blow. Yeah, I think I have, I think I have a similar one. Yeah. Uh, uh, 1940s K- KMM. Yeah, and I often kind of wonder about who used this before and in what circumstances. I love to think about that. Yeah. Like, every typewriter has some kind of story behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think of a, of a story when you look at somebody's MacBook Air, you don't think of, wow, what's what's the history behind that? Yeah, exactly. But this has been through a lot of hands. This has been, this has typed a lot of letters, maybe invoices, maybe, who knows? Yeah, who stories. Knows? And that's absolutely exquisite uh, as a piece of machinery. They're beautiful yeah. to look at as well as to, yeah. to use. I know it's a how long is a piece of strain question, but how much are typewriters now? What can the what's the range? Would you say when I finish restoring a typewriter and sell it fully restored, the price range would be in the lower end, very low end, two fifty, mm. and then that string just gets really, really long. Yeah, to six hundred yeah. euro, depending. It it varies. The pre-war ones are more expensive because they're harder to work on, they're harder to find, it's harder to find replacement parts for them. There's just more involved and there's, they're more scarce. Yeah. And to a large degree, they're more collectible. Certain types of typewriters would be extremely collectible. There's a particular typewriter, say an Olivetti Valentine. It's red. It's a very unique piece of 1960s design. And a lot of people, you could pay 1500 for one of those. Right. OK. Yeah. Because Not that are, it's worth yeah. 1500 Oh, but these things are only worth what, what people, people will pay, pay for them. Exactly. And when with the real, like Tom Hanks, most famously, I suppose, is a collector of, of typewriters. Yes. Are there many typewriter collectors in Ireland? Do you know? Um, I don't know many collectors. Mm. Um, I've sold a few typewriters uh, to people about, you know, some to writers. Mm. A surprisingly few to parents who are buying typewriters for their children who are asking for a vintage typewriter. Children between the ages of nine and 14. That's very interesting. Very interesting and very That's why I asked about the price because I I, I had a notion that like, because, well, I have a seven-year-old and Mm. she's really only in the, you know, the baby steps of learning to run. I thought, I'll get her a typewriter because because it's not like her and her friends come in and see my typewriter and the keys are all squatched up together because they just can't resist touching it. It's amazing that children are attracted to them. Yes. They go go straight to a typewriter and they, they, because it's interactive, they, yeah. they, they, they want to press on the keys and they want to see the hammers move and they want to hear that sound. 
and see the ink go on the paper, which is a great fascination. Yeah. And it helps them in writing and learning how to spell yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, and when I actually looked it up, they, you know, they don't sell kids typewriters anymore, which is such a shame. Yeah, they, they, there used to be a company called Lilliput that long since yeah. gone out of business. Yeah, that is a shame. Leo, yeah. lovely to have you in. Thanks very much for talking to Thank us today. Thank you very much that for having me in. Uh, uh, it was Leo Malloy there. Uh, vintagetypewriters.ie is his uh, website. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.